Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All good. Hey, morning. Just so, man, we're all on the same page. Here's the one thing I'm going to lose my over. I will your eight man. If it's later in the game and you guys are out, some of you guys are out, and your teammates are out there, and some of these guys are scratching and clawing for spots, and I see you jacking around, and you're looking up in the stands, you're left, and you're not paying attention, and you're being disrespectful to your teammate, I'm going to lose it. Just so we're on the same page. All good, man. <laughs> Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, Hard Knocks, episode two. I have not watched it yet. No spoilers. No, me neither. I no spoilers. I'll watch it tonight. I watched it Wednesday last week, so I'll watch it then. But that's a great clip. What a meathead. And I love it. And, and his team knows it. It's great. I have a feeling that it's going to be just like last week. There's going to be one good clip. And then you watch it and you're like, okay. And you know where I fall on this. Uh, apparently, I, I know. I, I, I disagree you, well, with you. No, I liked look, it last I, week. Debbie Downer sorry, I like there. Things, wah, wah. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I like things that are good. I'm sorry. And I'm not just going to wave the flag because it's an NFL Films product and we're here to promote the NFL and we do it all the time. If it's not good, I'm going to say so. Hard Knocks, people, is not good. Hard Knocks has outlived its usefulness. We know what happens at training camp. We know what happens in the preseason. It's not compelling. The moments are too few and too far between. There were some. The Billy Jean thing last week was phenomenal. And it was almost worth the hour of my life that I can never get back for watching the whole thing. And I was lured in to watch the whole thing because of the Billy Jean viral video. But... There's nothing there. There's nothing interesting about this team other than Dan Campbell. And why is it frowned upon to point out that it's not very good? Like, there's this 
there's this social media, oh, the Lions, oh, they're cool, oh, it's this and that. It's not a good show anymore. And maybe it never was. We just were smitten by the fact that we were getting a new look into the way training camp works. It's no different than it was 20 years ago. Sports media has evolved so far past that. Now the in-season, different ball game. And maybe they're in the process of slowly passing the baton. Maybe this is the transition year or two where we have both preseason and in-season. And maybe after this year or next year, uh, hey, uh, a boy can dream. Maybe there won't be a preseason hard knocks and it'll just be in-season where it makes a hell of a lot more sense. Well, uh, get off my lawn, old man. All right, I like it. I don't know what else to tell you. You know, I did. If you liked it, if you liked it, yeah. you'd have watched it last no, night. I just didn't know. And there's you'd there's, have turned the TV. I know I'm going to see You're it. the old man sitting there with exactly. Her, and I watched the movie last night, so I didn't see it. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch it. It's watch? on my radar. I'm bullshit. What okay. movie did you watch? I watched the movie. Um, it was uh, um, dumb. Gray um, Man. Um, Gray Man um, with Ryan, Ryan Gosling. So eat that bullshit and put it back in your whoa, mouth. All right. Whoa! Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. watched. You watched a movie that wasn't on TV. I did. You yes, watched a streamer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Chrissy. But I Chrissy's like it. Getting with the times. I like hard wow. knocks, and I, I disagree with you totally. I enjoyed it last week. There was more than that. Deuce Staley and going back there with Aaron Glenn. I mean, what have you seen coaches act like that during a during a practice? I found a lot of it interesting. Even going the story of Aiden Hutchinson going home last week, so I, I disagree with you there. It's listen, I know it's lost some of its luster, but I think it's I still think it's a very good show, and I enjoy watching it. And I actually this year I think I'm I'm I, I'm more excited about it than ever. You're right because of Dan Campbell. That was a great moment right there. I mean, they're doing they're coaching a different style. I think that's where I like like it, and I think that's where I find it fascinating. It's it's ex-football players, which you don't, re- you know, you don't really see ex-football players throughout a coaching staff, and I think that's kind of fun to watch. And I'm kind of fascinated to see how it works, even and translates here later in the show, and then you know into the to the regular season. So I hear what you're saying; it's been there for a while, but I still think it's a good watch. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to be a hater on it like you are, Debbie Downer. You watch the gray man with a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 46%. I did. Yeah. Certified I watched, splat. It, you watch that instead of Hard Knocks. You're not a Hard Knocks fan. It, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm throwing the challenge flag. The, the gray man is not Rain Man. Rain Man, yes, in 1988. It was a good, gray man, it was just a good no. mindless action film that was like good for the whole family. You know, it was easy that way. I watched the movie Nobody last week, also on one of those apps. Very good. The guy from, um, uh, better call Saul. Losing Saul or whatever the hell it is. Better, better losing Saul. Yeah. Better call Saul. Yeah, exactly. That Again, was very some good. Some of us likes things that right. are good. That was good. Some of us don't. That was good. I've seen nobody. It was a little too comic booky for me. Well, yeah, okay, I got you. you it know, was a little I, too unrealistic. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't. And and the violence was just gratuitous and over the top and nonstop. And, I got kids, I man. Mean, they of, like that some, stuff. So you know, yeah. I have to watch stuff with them too at times. And like to to that point, when my kids got watching done watching nobody, right, a sixteen and a twelve year, they were like, that was awesome. They loved it. So uh, it it was worth it there. So. All right, we'll see. I'll watch the show tonight so I can talk about it with you tomorrow and dissect it. We're going to open the show tomorrow, tomorrow on Hard Knocks. If you're going to talk about it tomorrow, <laughs> I won't be here tomorrow. All right, let's talk about 
Let's talk about some other hard knocks. By the way, the program is PFT Live. We are here on Peacock <laughs> and Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports UK and Ireland podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and Rotten Tomatoes Live, Elitis <laughs> tells us, where we are a certified 21%, but the audience scores 24%, so we're doing a little bit better than what the critics would say. Okay, hard knocks are happening for the Seattle Seahawks, whether they like it or not. Here's Pete Carroll from yesterday. Pete had some news hmm. as it relates to the quarterback competition with the Seahawks. Geno Smith got the start week one against the Steelers. Drew Locke getting the start week two against the Bears. Even though Geno Smith still number one, Drew Locke was getting the start. Let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Here's Pete Carroll talking about his quarterback plan as of yesterday afternoon. This is part of the plan. Yeah, regardless of what happened, this is we were going to give Drew a chance to start a game and, and, and you know just see what happens. And um, fortunately, he's played really well, and he, he deserves a shot to, to play, just like everybody deserves a shot to play and, and show what they can do. So um, it, we've just been able to stick to it. If you remember back when, you know, way back when we did this uh, last time, we were picking quarterbacks. Uh, we had three guys we were going through, you know, and they were doing they were rotating with the ones and did that with the games as well. So it's some, somewhat the same format. Uh, Gino deserved more than that. You know, he deserved the starting opportunity, and so that's how we, uh, you know, we came to settle on it. Who's leading right now? Pardon me? Who's leading the competition? Greg, I don't even have to say that, right? Gino's still the number one guy. He's holding on to a spot at this point. Well, Gino is even more likely to be the number one guy after what happened not long after Pete Carroll. I I don't want Pete Carroll making any comments about me my god <laughs> Come down with the flu next thing you know you got covid that's what happened to drew Locke. i mean it was like minutes after the stories were out there that drew Locke will start thursday night against the bears the seahawks announced that drew Locke has tested positive for covid and some of you may wonder what the hell i thought the nfl had made it past covid the way it works now if you're sick They'll test you, and if you have COVID, you get sent home for five days. Now, there's no more of the close contact stuff. I mean, Geno Smith could still get it. They're in the quarterback room together. Right. They're spending time in the facility together. And, and, and it could be Jacob Eason. They could all be knocked out by Thursday night. Who knows? And remember, a big element of it, too, is you've got to self-report. It's not like they're doing temperature checks like early 2020. It's not like anybody is looking for someone to be COVID positive. You basically get sick and they say, oh, well, gee, he's sick. I wonder what it may be. They test you for COVID and then you're gone for five days and Drew Locke will miss the Thursday night game. And it will be Geno Smith unless he gets so sick that he that he taps out and it's Jacob Eason. Unless he's so sick that he gets taps out, and then and then I don't know who. Maybe Pete Carroll plays quarterback at that. Point. <laughs> no, who knows? I, I you know, I, first off, I I I do like how Pete answers that, you know, and handles the quarterback competition, and I like that he's you know loyal to Geno Smith, somebody who's been there and put in hard work, and you know continues to to let everybody know he's he's the lead horse in this race, even though that Drew Locke is you know in in the rearview mirror and right there. I feel bad for Drew Locke, though. I do. I mean, Drew Locke, uh, both of these guys got talent. And Drew Locke, as we discussed, I think, on Monday, you could see it watching that Steelers game last week. I mean, he's, he's a good athlete. He's got a very good arm, right? There's, he's got everything you want. Both of these guys do. They just haven't proven it on the field. They have the physical ability. 
Locke maybe he has even more special physical ability than Geno Smith when it comes to just his arm. So that's where, hey, here was a chance for him to, you know, maybe do something miraculous and lead the first team and, you know, hey, show everybody that he could be the starter there and really put pressure on the situation. But it, now, I, I'm like you, Mike. It, 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 to me, it almost puts the nail in the coffin. I, I know Drew Locke now will probably start preseason game number three, but I, I just think when you everything here – yeah, not going to get to play and start. Geno Smith, I think, would have to play horrible to really bring back, bring back Drew Locke into the race. And five days of just, like you just talked about, kind of being you know out of sight, out of mind. That's not going to help either as far as, hey, I'm the guy that's in second and I'm trying to you know bring down Geno Smith as the starting quarterback. So all of that, I think, goes, goes against Drew Locke, and I think that just continues to further something that we thought all along, that Geno's going to be the guy. And he's going to get every chance. And if he does fail or mess up, they have Drew Locke to bring off the bench. But uh, I, I put—I think this puts a nail in the coffin almost. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. And I have felt all along that Pete Carroll wants Geno Smith to be the, the starter. And this is just one of those stuff happens. And, and it happened. And it gives Geno Smith another start. And it just bolsters things. It'll be interesting to see if they give Drew Locke the third game now as yeah. an alternative or, right. or if the attitude's going to be, hey, man, right. you had your chance. Sorry. Sorry. Now, Pete Carroll just had COVID not that long ago, and it's not like at this point there's a whole lot that anyone is doing to avoid getting it. There, there is a very widespread attitude of acceptance in the country at this point, and I'm not passing judgment. I'm just acknowledging reality. Yeah, Anywhere right. you go, there's just uh, – it's like, hey, if I get it, I get it. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. I, or, or I'm not. And either way, I don't care. I'm living my life. So it's not like anyone can say, well, Drew, you had a big opportunity coming up and you blew it because you weren't masked up and you weren't careful and you didn't wash your hands. And you didn't do this. And you didn't do that. It happens. So I don't think they hold it against him. I don't think there's a recklessness involved. And we don't know anything about his vaccination status, although I have a feeling we would have heard last year if he wasn't vaccinated in Denver. So it, it just it, it is what it is, as they say, and now Geno Smith goes forward, and it'll be interesting to see what happens week three when Drew Locke is back. Is, is there even an opening for him in the preseason finale? Well, I don't know. I have a feeling there I, may not be. I know. I'm, I'm with you, too. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, at some point, you know, okay, yeah. do you want to start him in preseason game number three, even though you know it's going to be Geno? Don't you want him now to, like, don't you want to frame your team for week one and have the starting quarterback out? We still – so you're right. I'm not so sure it will be Drew Locke at the number three guy. I, you know, I kind of said that casually a minute ago, uh, saying, well, now they'll let him go to preseason game number three. But the more I think about it, I go, no, maybe not. Maybe you don't do that. If Geno plays well again, I think he just solidifies, hey, this is our guy going forward. And we talked about on Monday, you know, Geno's in the trust tree. Geno showed he could play Seattle Seahawks Pete Carroll football without turning the ball over last year and, and doing that. And I think that's big to Pete Carroll. He wants the quarterback to play it careful. I mean, he, Russell Wilson, I think that's one thing he's had to deal with in Seattle where 
He's a little. He was a little over careful at times, and people. Oh, he doesn't throw the ball down the middle. And I, you know, I. I yes, he's smaller and couldn't do that. But at the same time, I always would tell tell people, hey, he's got a coach in his ear all the time. Don't turn it over. You know, our defense is good. Don't turn it over. So he was raised that way in that system, and that's what Pete Carroll wants. But then we got into the game, and hey. Drew Locke got strip sacked, fumbled, and, you know, we're, hey, I don't know if that was his fault or not. You know, he got blindsided. And then Pete Carroll had some interesting comments about that yesterday again, which gives you another little gleam into I think Geno Smith is in the trust tree and the guy that's, you know, in, in the leader house, as the smart people say, uh, to play quarterback for, for um, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, Drew Locke was just the guy who was thrown into the trade. For Russell Wilson like why would you say no if you're the Seahawks we need another quarterback the Broncos aren't going to keep Drew Locke now that they're moving on to Russell Wilson I don't know that the Seahawks sat down and specifically strategized Ooh, let's try to engineer a trade of Russell Wilson to the Broncos because we got to have Drew Locke I mean I, I've never gotten the sense of buy-in of ownership it's just like he's there he gets to compete well yeah Gino's our guy Gino's the guy we went out and brought in Gino's the guy who came in while Russell Wilson was injured and played pretty well that that's that's proven yeah that was a fact he did a good job and he he came in that Thursday night and almost pulled off the win right you know replacing the guy who never gets injured the guy who never taps out the guy who never misses time Gino Smith was ready to go he played well. They were chanting his name. And remember, on that final drive, the receiver fell down and the ball got intercepted yes. and the air went out of the right. balloon. We were all excited. Yeah. Popcorn ready. Yeah. We're there. Yeah. It's what we always want in a, in a primetime game, especially when we're all watching it, or at least the people who care. We're watching it, and it comes down to this. And here's Gino, and this is his chance, and the receiver falls down, and that was that. Yeah, no, you're right. And, 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 and you know, to, to remind people, too, that night, I mean, Russell Wilson and the offense wasn't that great. And Gino, you know, came in and kind of gave him some life that night, where we, I think we all thought, oh, the game's over. The offense hasn't been good with Russell. It's not going to be good with Gino. And Gino was kind of surgical. We went right down the football field. But I do think Drew Locke, you know, I understand what you're saying. He's not a franchise quarterback, but I think Seattle had interest in Drew Locke. There was teams that viewed him as a first-round talent when he was coming out in the draft a few years ago. So I do think he he covered some holes or, you know, covered some issues with their football team. First off, I think a little bit was like, you know, CYA, you know, cover your, cover your ass in case – Hey, Geno Smith fails. We need to have somebody that we can, you know, knows knows know that we can, he can play a little bit, why, and he's why, got talent. Said, wait, wait, hang on, yeah. hang on. I know you're making a really valid point here, but why do you go CYA and then say cover your ass? Well, I just wanted to make sure everybody. I don't knows. get it. I just wanted to make hey, sure. Hey, ASAP, as soon as possible. Uh, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start <laughs> using the letters and then say the whole. Well, thing. sometimes people don't know. I'm trying to be GSY. I don't know. Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm not sure if they're like. They're like American phrases that maybe the the guys over you know across the pond don't know about. So I'm That's just trying for them to, to figure out. You know? That's for them to figure okay, out. Okay, fine. All right. So either way, they know now, and I won't do it again. But I do think there's a little bit of that BFD. insurance insurance policy, and then also like the potential policy, you know, and potential policy. Again, Locke has talent, and he is one of those guys where you go, ooh, if he could be smart and figure it out. Hey, he he could be something for us. I mean, he like I said, he's got a special arm. He's got good size. He's a good athlete. So I do think there was interest from Schneider and Pete Carroll. And they've kind of raved about his physical skills. I think they were caught off guard by that a little bit when they saw it. I think it was better than maybe they expected. But 
it goes back to, again, what I think we're, we're both talking about. Geno, they trust him. He's done a good job. And Drew Locke, rightly so, has the turnover you know, cloud over him. And I think that would scare Pete Carroll and a lot of coaches. And you go into the game and what Pete said the other night, hey, Drew, Drew messed up the protection. He, was, he shouldn't have got hit in the back like that. He did not see that. So, again, you know, I wasn't sure if somebody messed up their assignment or if it's the quarterback not seeing it. And Pete, again, I think deliberately gives you a little bit of an inside look again to let everybody know that, hey, Gino's the guy. And, you know, there's one thing that I just don't think will sit well with them or they're probably scared of with Drew Locke a little bit is the turnover issue that we've talked about really the last two years when Drew Locke has got in regular season football. Yeah, I – Look, with or without the COVID positive, I think that it was going to be Geno Smith. This now just makes it even stronger. There is a more subtle or subtle, depending upon your preferred pronunciation of the term, <laughs> quarterback issue in New York. Let's check in on the Giants quarterback situation. First, we're going to have some commentary from one of Whoa, us I just from earlier in the week. Where? Then some comments from head coach Brian Dayball from Tuesday. Let's have a listen. It's preseason week one. Don't start a quarterback controversy yet. All right. My man, Michael Irvin comes on who I love. I love Michael Irvin. So I'm having fun with him here, but he starts pumping Tyrod Taylor. So I just want to say, don't start something quite yet. Let's let the preseason play out. As we get going here in, in terms of the preseason games, um, you know, we'll talk about whatever we think is best, uh, but you know, I have full confidence in Daniel and, and full confidence in Tyrod and what his role is. Um, each day we'll, we sit there and we evaluate the guys, but, uh, you know, will he get a few reps here or there? He might. Brian, will that be, is, is that any reflection on Daniel? Or? Absolutely not, no. Why would you get now, – now, hearing – Dayball said is a far cry from seeing the tweets of the beat writers who were there. 100%. It was sold. It was sold as a little bit more than the way Dayball said it. Okay, I'll say that, and I'm not throwing shade here at anybody. I'm just saying when I saw the tweets come through, they create a stronger impression than the words and the body language of Brian Dayball. However, Chris, why are you giving any first-team reps to anyone but your starting quarterback in a year when he's trying to learn a new offense? Why are you doing that? Well, I, I think there's a few. Re- Back to CYA, okay? Because again, what does that mean? Well, yeah, oh, oh, do you want me to tell you again? So <laughs> either way, it's like it, they got, they are, they got a it, it, Tyrod Taylor's an insurance policy. I'm sure to a degree, they want to make sure. Hey, if they start out one and three, and Daniel Jones isn't good, I, I, I don't think he's going to have the longest leash in the world. They wanted to work with Daniel Jones, but if it goes down a bad path. I don't think he's going to have all year to kind of figure this out. I will say that. All right. So I think there's that aspect. But I, again, I think, yes, to your point, I think people are making a little bit more out of this. You know, first off, Daniel Jones, yes, he is learning a new offense. I hear people talking, you know, hey, Tyrod Taylor's a little better in practice. Tyrod Taylor has more experience in this system. He's had a little crossover in this language and stuff. So he knows it better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is in year four in what? In his third different system. So uh, I, I would imagine that there's things that Tyrod Taylor knows about this a little bit more than Daniel Jones, but I don't think it's an indictment on Daniel Jones in any way yet. 
I don't. And, and I'll go back to the preseason game, and I challenge anybody to go back and watch it. Watch it again. I mean, Daniel Jones did a good job on the first drive. They had, he, had a, he should have been 7 for 10 with a first and goal at the two-yard line, and, and Kenny Galladay dropped the ball. So there's that. And then Tyrod Taylor, he did some good things, and I know he knows how to play and all that, but he also, like I said, easily could have thrown four interceptions. I mean, there was two or three balls that went off the Patriots' chest. I mean, so that's where, you know, I just think this is a little bit of, hey, you know, Daniel Jones hasn't stamped himself as the future of the franchise yet. They all want that. So they're going to make sure Tyrod Taylor is a little ready to go. And let's not forget Daniel Jones, who's been beat to crap in his NFL career because he's been behind the crappiest, the crappiest O-line in football the last three years. And it's not even close where if he does get hurt, they want to get Tyrod Taylor used to, hey, you need to come off the bench, all right, and play in that situation. So I'm sure there's a little thought there. But I hope everybody's seeing these highlights here. There's there's three passes we've shown so far that a starting caliber secondary player in the NFL, they're going to be intercepted, those passes. So let's not anoint and start an issue here yet. I think it's more of just thoughtful, careful planning, Mike. I don't know. You tell me your thoughts there. Here's another Example, and I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. When you think about what was asked and what was said by Brian Dayball, th- this is why it's important, I think, for a head coach to learn how to choose words carefully because I think he strayed into a subject that he didn't need to stray into. You don't sure. need to get into that. Right. And you know what? If let's say that Tyrod Taylor got inserted into a preseason game as he normally would, right? right? Daniel Jones' evening is over. And they put Tyrod Taylor out there. And for the first series, the starting offensive line is still on the field. Right. The starting receivers are still on the field. Nobody's going to say boo about that. So I think this is a situation where Brian Dayball accidentally, exacerbated by those who were at the press conference and characterized his statements as stronger than they really were, it's an example of tripping into a situation that was completely avoidable because you don't need to, to you don't need to even go there. Yeah, people are trying to, even, to fan the flames of this right here. That. Right, and 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 I think that's an important reason to be sensitive to the possibility that you've got people saying, "Oh, Tyrod, Tyrod." Just steer clear of saying to the world, well, yeah, he may get some reps with the first-team offense. And then somebody tweets it out in a way that makes it stronger than it really was. Right, right. Just put the guy out there. You know, hey, Daniel Jones, night is over. Right. Yeah, we've watched enough preseason. Yeah. I can hear, I can hear Bob Papa saying it. Yeah. Daniel Jones, night's over, and here comes Tyrod Taylor. And nobody's going, oh, hey, hey, Bob. Yeah. Looks like the rest of the starting offense is still in there. Do right. we have a quarterback controversy? No. People just go forward. Right. So that – that's a lesson for new head coaches, the subtlety or subtlety of understanding what you say, how you say it, and how it can be interpreted, even if you don't mean it to be interpreted that way. I, I hear you there. I, I, you know, I, I honestly think he, he realized it as it was kind of coming out of his mouth there, you know, when, when, you, when you watch the clip where he, he was like, oh, uh, you know, he was a little almost tentative to say it because he knew, oh, no. You know, are they going to try to make something out of this? But I, I, I get your point, and you're right. If, if you did just throw them out there in the preseason game with the ones after, you know, two series with Daniel Jones out there or three series, you know, people, 
then, okay, you answer a few questions after the game, and, hey, no, no, this is not about that. Daniel did a great job tonight, blah, blah, blah. We just wanted to get Tyrod some reps with the first team for just, you know, careful planning. The, and, and that's what, you know, good football teams do do. And, again, between Daniel Jones, neck injury last year, he's been beat up every year he's had a play for them, I, I think this is something that you got to have on your radar a little bit. Uh, so I, I understand them, you know, giving Tyrod Taylor a few few reps with the first team for sure. Got to have the backup ready to go at a moment's notice. And Dayball explained that they want to simulate what could happen in a game where the backup needs to go right away. And whether it's because Daniel Jones got the hook or Daniel right. Jones got injured, yep. the backup's got to be ready to go. But But there is a broader sensitivity when you're talking about a huge market yes that's right where there's already a question yes and there's already an inconsistency yes everything we heard in january daniel jones is our guy daniel jones is our guy we've failed him we've we've screwed him up we've had we've done this we've done that all fifth year option no thanks no no let's not get crazy about it he's our guy but let's not get let's not get carried away with the he's our guy stuff. He's got to prove he's our guy this season, and then we'll decide on 2023. So there's already mixed signals, and and that's why I think it's very important for anyone from the organization who's speaking into a microphone to understand how to tiptoe their way through it. And, and you know, look, I complain about Bill Belichick and his standoffishness all the time. When you do have a wall like that, yeah, you, you, you don't step in it from time to time. You I, never yeah. say anything that gets that gets magnified erroneously right. by reporters and then you have a problem that was completely unavoidable. Yeah, I, I I think, you know, I think that goes back to our conversation yesterday, right? With Bill talking about the offensive coordinator situation. You know, it's complex. I don't have enough time to sit here. No, no, you do. You do. We all do. We have nothing to do. We're we're covering you, but I think it is. You're right. It's his way of kind of diffuse trying to diffuse the situation. And he doesn't want to give that sound bite or that little piece of bulletin board material for the media to run with. And I think that's what we saw a little yesterday. Yeah, it's a total different when I saw it and you read it and then you see it live and hear what he's you know saying and you see the mannerisms in which he is saying it. It's got a totally different feel. And that's where, you know, I'm always one to go, wait, wait, I, I see something. I'd like to see the guy say it to read his body language and how he said it. That's very important there. And I think Brian Dayball, you know, he did his best to to show that this is not a quarterback controversy. They're just getting the guy ready. Daniel Jones is the guy. The Giants want him to be the guy. Now he's just got to go out there and take it, and hopefully he can do that for the the sake of the G-men. Well, there is no quarterback controversy for the other team that plays in that same venue. The Jets are behind Zach Wilson completely and entirely. The problem is he's got a knee injury. He flew to Los Angeles for surgery on Tuesday. Arthroscopic surgery performed by Dr. Neil Elitrash. Considered a success. Every surgery is a success. (laughs) When have we ever heard that a surgery performed on any NFL player went badly the old the old the old the old seinfeld nose job episode they go through hey it looks <laughs> good great. it looks good kramer says you got butchered <laughs> they're, they're never gonna tell us that zach wilson got butchered but but again let's we have no reason to doubt at this point we don't have access to the medical records yet or ever and uh let's assume it's a success 
it's still Joe Flacco until Zach Wilson's ready to go. And it's just one of those things where we wait and see. But I think they're assuming that Wilson isn't going to be back for week one. They're going to they're going to hold him until he's 100 percent. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, if and it, again, we looked at their schedule. And if I'm a Jets fan, I avert my eyes every time that board comes up because good Lord. It doesn't matter who it is. Bring back Joe Namath in his prime, and you're not winning some of those games in the left column. So yeah. make sure Zach Wilson's 100% so you can maybe try to find your stride later in the year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's all you can do. It, 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 you know, it sounds like it's good news, hopeful. Hey, fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, I, I want to see Zach Wilson. You know I'm a fan. There's been you know rave reviews about him throughout training camp. Whether you just listen to the media or, or talk to people inside the organization, I mean, I think they're ecstatic with the way he looks. Good thing they got a backup, but it, it you know, and, and hey, it's great that you know, two, four weeks, five weeks, whatever. But still, you know, it, it does stink. And 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 you know, just to take you know a little bit of everybody into you know the quarterback in a little bit, man. I, I don't care who you are. And especially, this is like double true, triple true for a young quarterback. It, it's hard, you know, you just getting in the flow of being an NFL quarterback. And whoa, I got my confidence going. And we got some team, we got some players around me on the team now. And, you know, the offense is, you know, we're starting to expand it. And I'm feeling really comfortable in that. Uh, and now you don't get to practice for four or five weeks. And I, I, I've been in that situation before in my second year in the NFL. I hurt my shoulder as I was the starting quarterback in my first game, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So then you sit out a few weeks and then, okay, now you get back to practicing a little bit, but you're not a hundred percent. And it's hard to regain that, that rhythm and everything that you had right away, you know, at the early part or halfway through training camp where you're going, man, we're hitting on all cylinders and things are going in the right direction. Now, now you're going to be playing where everybody's going to be hitting on all cylinders, and you're going to be like, "Whoa, I got to get used to the pass rush again, and reading the field a little bit better again, and getting used to the speed of the game." And that's where I, it, it stinks for a young quarterback in this situation. And and then you add on the schedule to your point, Mike, where it's not going to be easy just to jump back into the fire week three against the Bengals or the Steelers in week four. And uh, you know that's that's where I'm. You know, it stinks for Zach Wilson. I guess is what I'm saying. And we know how this movie goes. We've seen it before. If somehow Joe Flacco leads the Jets to a victory in week one over oh. the Ravens, the back pages of the tabloids the following day will be all about Flacco, and he's the guy now. Oh. Start carving the bus Definitely. for Canton. Definitely. He's the new starter. Trade Zach Wilson to the Giants. Let's just move on. Oh. With Flacco is our guy, and the Jets Backed fans up by are the Mike worst. White. They're the worst, Mike. Like they're the they're awesome up here because they're so passionate. But they're, they there's something about the Jet fans, and you know maybe Pete could speak to it too. They love the underdog player on their team. You know, the Giant fan wants Saquon Barkley and Kayvon Thibodeau and all that. The Jet fans, like you saw with Mike White last year, hey, oh, we got this shiny new Zach Wilson who's, you know, looked awesome in the preseason and did some special things. And then, oh, look at this underdog scrapper coming in. And that it's just the Jet fans love to latch on to that. And you're right. If Joe Flacco, Jersey Joe Flacco, you know, who looks like he's taking a lunch pail and the hammer and, you know, banging steel uh, in, in some industrial line anyways, he comes in and creates a, you know, a little stir and, and pulls off an upset. 
uh, the Jet fans are going to love it. He'll have a nickname up here and all of that, so it might cause issues, to your point. I, I don't think you're far off there. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree, and I'm kind, I don't I, I like chaos. I like <laughs> I, I like the unexpected. Yeah. I like a good story, and the best story for the Jets is to have Zach Wilson fully develop and reach his potential and become the guy that they drafted him to be. You saw some great things in him as you were doing your work on quarterbacks in advance of the 2021 draft. And it's just a shame he hasn't had a chance to fully blossom yet. And these injuries, as you said, it slows the process down. And when he does come back, it's going to be more challenging for him to get to where he wants to be. And through it all, we saw that schedule, the left side, it doesn't matter. But uh, but getting Zach Wilson to his ceiling is what does matter. Yeah, no, it does. And, you know, for 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 Zach Wilson and, and everything there, I mean, you know, selfishly for him. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably like it to where, hey, the team, you know, was competitive and maybe wins a game or two with Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco doesn't play good and it's ugly to where then he could come back in and everybody can go, woo, okay, whoa, hey, Zach's back, and now the offense will look, look better. And, and of course, Zach, uh, it, you know, again, I, I, his physical skills to me jump off the screen. Um, but, yeah, it's not an easy situation, especially for a young team, you know, still a young head coach that's trying to find their way, and now they got to deal with this and that schedule. Uh, it won't be easy in September for the Jets. And then wait for the potential Mike White chance coming from uh, Yeah, exactly, uh, right, exactly. Stadium. According to Pete, a Jets fan on the crew on Friday said, honestly, I'm okay if we suck so we can just move on to drafting the next quarterback because we're going to be doing it anyway. Oh, that's unbelievable. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, they're, they're, they're a scarred bunch, the Jets fan. The Jets fans up here feel like they're cursed. They do. Uh, I mean, the, all the text messages I got from Jets friends and things like that on thir- or Friday night, whenever that night that was where he got hurt, uh, yeah, they, they feel like they're cursed and they're just looking for a little hope. And, you know, there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel here quite yet. But at least they have something that the Bills don't have, the Browns and Bengals don't have, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Titans they don't do have. They do got one. You're the right. The Vikings don't have, the Lions don't have, right? Yeah. There are other teams out there. The Cardinals don't have. They got a Super Bowl trophy. Yes, yes. It's almost as old as me. That's how old it is. But they have one. Right. So you can't be completely cursed if you have a Lombardi in the lobby to the entrance to the facility. Yeah, yeah you're right. You can't, you can't be totally cursed. It's, it's, they have some history. They have some marquee names in the history of the sport. You know, but I think it's too few and far between. And it's been a long time since the Jets have really been competitive in a, in a playoff caliber football team. And Man, the Jets fans are starving for it up here. Falcons and Panthers also. I think that completes the I, You list. did a pretty good job off the Don't top of your have. head there. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, well, when you've been closely following one member of that club for 50 years, you <laughs> yeah. kind of know who else is in it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a break. Some rookie reviews when we return, including the question of whether the young receivers in Green Bay are getting it done. We'll talk about that next here on this Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Somebody just sent this to me yesterday with no, no message. It could be a camera in there. It's more Nick can you Cage. Hold it up to, might be. To your face? No, I can't. <laughs> it's like the Hall of Fame bus. They don't really look like the Hall of Famer. That's kind of, that's more like Nick Cage in his latest movie. The incredible weight of, what is it called? Talent and massive talent. Yeah. He still can't name a single Nicolas Cage movie. Remember when they asked him about it the a few weeks ago? The one on the motorcycle. Oh, yeah, the one when he rode the motorcycle and the one where he, he's hanging out with Sean Connery. Remember <laughs> that movie, Hanging Out with Sean Connery? I don't know. Hanging Out with Sean Connery. I can't remember when that one debuted. Moonstruck um, and... It, and I like the well, face-off movie with Johnny John Travolta. That I always that was one I remember in like my high school years going to the movie theater to see. He was a good villain in that movie. You always called him Johnny Travolta. Jo- good old Johnny. We're we're friends. Johnny's you know his friends Johnny call him Depp. Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, Moonstruck was not the one where he rode the motorcycle, obviously, but uh, The Rock. The Rock was the. The one where he was hanging out with Sean Connery. Yeah. Ghost Rider was the one where he was riding a motorcycle. And as we learned at the time, I don't want to slip back down the Nick Cage rabbit hole. As we learned at the time, there was a sequel to Ghost Rider. Maybe more than one sequel to Ghost Rider. But the sequel to the Aaron Rodgers showing up for camp dressed like Nick Cage in Con Air. That may be the one movie Nick Cage was in that Aaron Rodgers does know the title of. He gets a bust. I love how he refused the photo op of putting the bus next to his face because he has the foresight to know where that was going to go. <laughs> and it was nowhere good. Smart move by Aaron Rodgers. But the bust wasn't that bad. I mean, it's not like the Cristiano Ronaldo statue, that horrifying nightmare fuel thing that looks absolutely nothing like him. It I looks know. like Cristiano Ronaldo as a half-melted candle, for crying out loud. So uh, the the bust was not bad. No, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't bad, and you know that's it's funny. I don't. I wonder how long that'll be. But you're right. There was a conscious effort there to move my head far out of the way to show this thing, so we can't put it. You know, put put both put both busts right next to each other, and it become an online meme as the year goes on. Uh, he's he's smart enough to avoid that. I may need to get a bust of Nick Cage for the barn. That would be a nice addition. Maybe I can get that a little one when creepy, Aaron Rodgers is done with it. You think he would send it to me? Probably not. By the way, the movie he was trying to access the title of is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Chris, I suggest you watch that tonight instead of Hard Knocks. No, I won't. I'm watching Hard Knocks and Dan Campbell. So eat that, Mike. Eat that. All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had some comments that would have been worthy of hard knocks if the Packers happened to be the subject of the program this year. Here he is yesterday talking about his young receiver. We all knew. We all knew he was going to have young receivers. Here he is talking about how they're doing so far in camp. It's unfortunately some of the same guys. That, that's, you know, repeat mistakes are a problem. So we just got to clean those things up a little bit. The young guys, you know, they got to – Especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. You know, a lot of, a lot of drops, a lot of, uh, you know, bad route decisions. 
run the wrong route. So we gotta we gotta get better in that area. You keep dropping the ball, you're not gonna be out there. So it's gonna be the most reliable guys that are out there. The the preparation and the and the job responsibility is most important. Uh, there's gonna be physical mistakes that we've talked about, but uh, you know if you're going out there and dropping the ball and and somebody else behind you is in the right spot all the time and catching the ball, that guy's gonna play. Preparation and job responsibility is the most important. See, those words ring hollow to me when Aaron Rodgers chose not to be there for all of the voluntary portion of the offseason program where they could have begun the process of working through these issues, of identifying who can be relied upon to catch the ball and who can't. So setting aside the question of whether or not he should be calling these guys out in his locker room press conference, because some would say, you deal with that stuff internally. You don't call them out. Se- separate and apart from that, he, he missed opportunities to work with these guys and maybe start coaching them, leading them, encouraging them to do whatever they had to do maybe during their six-week break. Go get yourself a jugs machine or let's get together somewhere and we'll work on me throwing the ball to you so you can learn how to catch it and not drop it. So, again, that's why it's important to – if you're 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 doing a lot in not much time to try to get yourself ready for week one and it was opportunity missed by not having rogers there working with these guys especially if they're struggling am i wrong to say that no, if, I, I if, mean, if i am tell me no I, I don't i don't think you're wrong i mean it, it, i don't think it hurts that's for sure you know i i only see positives of being there in the otas and and throwing to your guys and you know at least starting to lay down the fan foundation to you know what needs to be done for training camp I still think you'd have a lot of mistakes from rookie you know some of these young guys regardless I do think that's going to be an issue it's a learning process as you know you know maybe would they be a little further along or maybe a hair more comfortable I'm sure some of them are almost nervous catching the ball from Aaron Rodgers exactly you want to so make you them, work all that out yeah, in the offseason. I know you want to make point. it right you show up for training camp and, oh, God, here's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you want to please a, him. You want to be perfect. Yep. So you put more pressure on yourself that way. Uh, but, but again, I, don't, I didn't look at that as at least throwing people under the bus. I think that was more just, hey, it's what I like about Aaron Rodgers. He, he just being honest. I don't think he went too far or too critical there. And, I, you know, again, I think if you know, this is where Green Bay has screwed him over. He's been in this situation just way too much, like way more than any of the other great quarterbacks in the history of football. You know, where, like, I don't, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and them, if they had to deal with some of these issues and some of these receivers that they've had there throughout the years, you know, they, they'd be complaining and, and making their point known as well, too. So these are going to be some of the growing pains, certainly. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't let them off the hook there. You're right. I think nerves and just knowing a little bit of a nuance of what Rodgers expects, you might be a week or two further down the road if you were there during OTAs. I, I don't disagree with that. Now, I don't know if he had time with them, and I haven't heard that maybe at his house or out in California, but I don't remember hearing that, and I follow Aaron Rodgers and everything he does pretty closely. But, yeah, they're going to have growing pains. There's no doubt about it, and and uh, that's what's unfortunate. And, unfortunately, Green Bay's put him in that situation just one too many times, in my opinion. And we do agree on that, on that point that, the Packers have not surrounded him with sufficient talent, but, but still, anytime you phrase that as the Packers have screwed him over, my my initial reaction is, hey, you know what? If my employer wants to pay me fifty million a year, they can screw me over all they want. I mean, that's the other side of it too. 
he's getting he's the highest paid player in the NFL. He's got concerns about how these guys are performing in training camp when he deliberately avoided the opportunity to work with those guys in the offseason. That's my point. Yep. You deliberately stayed away. You're getting $50 million a year. You chose not to be there and begin this process so they aren't freaked out when training camp rolls around and now all of a sudden it's Aaron Rodgers instead of Jordan Love and you want to please him. You want to catch the passes. There's more pressure on you. You missed the opportunity to work through those kinks in the offseason program. Again, it all... I, if I was a Packers fan, and that, this is where the Packers fans circle the wagons and say, screw you for criticizing our guy. If I was a Packers fan, I'd be saying, man, how much they got to pay this guy to get him to show up for the offseason program? Yeah, well, I, you know, again, I, I don't know where that relationship is. And, you know, they, they tried to give him the ultimate screw over job, too, as far as trying to push him out of town. And he, you know, shoved it right up where the sun don't shine right back at him. And. I, I'm not so sure this isn't, you know, still a little bit of a bitterness with them. I, I don't know. I don't know where it is. Um, but I, I certainly can sit here and say, you know, as you as you think back in time, uh, I don't remember Joe Montana ever having to deal with any of this stuff with the 49ers. Peyton Manning, uh, you know, to me, one of the three greatest quarterbacks in the history of football, never had to deal with any of this. Never. I mean, it was Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and Brandon Stokely and Dallas Clark. Boom. Oh, I'm going to the Broncos. It's Demarius Thomas and a bunch of other, Emmanuel Sanders and Wes Welker again. And that's where I think Aaron Rodgers has always been cheated, and I feel for him. And even with Brady, Brady's never had that issue except for one year, his last year in New England. It's the only time ever. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to let him off the hook here, but it just does annoy me as a fan of Rodgers and a fan of all great quarterbacks where, yeah, I think the organization has done him dirtier than any other great quarterback in the history of the game. That's just the way I look at it, at least. I have a feeling Joe Montana would take issue with <laughs> – I mean, he had to deal with Steve Young, and it was an ugly rivalry in the building. Yeah, sure, where sure. I, I, I'm sure you've heard the story. I mean, my number one favorite – Steve Young's story has to do with you and laissez-faire upbringing. But the number two Steve Young story is he goes to Joe Montana's house for dinner, and one of Montana's kids says to Joe Montana, is this the guy we hate? That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. So, yeah. So, and eventually they, 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 they moved on from Montana. They wanted to turn the page to Steve Young. So, because Steve Young showed that he was ready to go. Yes. The thing that has saved Aaron Rodgers more than anything else He's increased his play, right. and Jordan Love hasn't shown them enough to make them say, we're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers, in part because Aaron Rodgers reacted yeah. by having two consecutive MVP seasons. Yeah. All right, yeah. uh, okay. this, the Steelers have proven time and again that they know how to draft They're receivers. Amazing. amazing. They, they find guys that others have passed over. They turn them into star players. And now a guy whose name continues to resonate from Latrobe, where it's all about team. And they try to tamp down the hype on any specific guy. It's impossible to slow down the hype train on George Pickens, who is now actually the betting favorite to be offensive rookie of the year. I'm not sure I'd make that bet, but that's how far the hype has gotten out of control. Here's Deontay Johnson, one of the other receivers that the team has found in the draft, talking about the new arrival. Does anything George do surprise you guys anymore? He's a freak. That's what he is. <laughs> He's a freak. Uh, uh, that's a special talent, you know. Can't teach some of the things he do. I'll just, I'll just be watching him like, man, he'd be amazed. <laughs> he catch the ball sometimes. Or just, he's just young. He's he getting better on the daily, you know. I'm teaching him. 
uh, certain stuff. And if you ask questions, I'm always there for him. Like I said, he's a freak, freak nature. How much do you think having him is going to help you guys as a whole? It's going it's to be a big plus. You know, they're not going to be able to cover everyone, you know, double everyone. Well, not so. It's always going to be a one-on-one matchup. It's up to the defense who they're going to cover. <laughs> you mentioned that. You know, think about the industry. Think about the sport, how competitive it is. You've got a guy who's a receiver who just got his contract. And, and, you know, the receivers all want to view themselves as the guy. Right. To hear that kind of praise be heaped on a guy who just showed up shows you it's undeniable. Right. It, it. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the way they reacted in Minnesota to Randy Moss. Like, Chris Carter wasn't threatened by him. He knew this guy's special. Yeah, right. From the moment he first saw him play, he knows how special he is. So that's – you've got Deontay Johnson completely and totally in awe of this guy. I'd like to know what Chase Claypool thinks because Claypool hasn't gotten paid yet. Maybe yeah. it's easier for Johnson to be secure in his praise right. of a teammate because right. he knows he's getting – 36 million on his two-year extension but uh that, that, that's the problem though that's why i wouldn't take the bet of offensive rookie of the year for george pickens you still only have one football you got Najee harris you got deontay johnson you got chase claypool and you got george pickens i don't know how much of an impact pickens is going to have well it, it gives him a lot of versatility and, and you know mike to, to what you said you're, you're i think you're right you know first off it makes it easier for deontay johnson when you are paid to hey that i'm, I'm established here i'm the guy they like me to give me that type of money but but also you know i think it is it, the nfl players as a whole are not haters that way you know, like you said they recognize talent and i think they also look at it through like you know a, a glass half full kind of mentality where like wait this this could help me out this could make life on on and for me easier and I think where I look at it with Deontay Johnson, especially, and where I just look at it the offense, and you know something that you've been, you know, pounding the table with all all off season is don't you know don't forget about these damn Steelers. These are the years they surprise people, and man, they they got a lot of things to like about their team and their roster. And then now you add a George Pickens with a Claypool, and now that allows Deontay Johnson to be a guy that can move to the slot and do some of that in there because he's a great route runner. He's the best route runner they got on their football team. So I think it gives them the versatility that way to now go, whoa, we got you know three big-time matchups where you know maybe if George Pickens doesn't come along, it, it's got to be Deontay Johnson outside and Claypool outside and then Gunnar Olszewski, who's you know showed to look good the other night too. Maybe he's got to work the slot and, and nothing against him, but he ain't Deontay Johnson. So I just think it's going to make their offense that much more explosive, let alone Mike Tomlin and them want to run the football and do that to where it's almost like you look at it like the the Philadelphia Eagles where you just go, whoa, if they can run the ball and Najee Harris and kind of pound the rock that way, it's going to be hard to match up across the board against those three guys one-on-one, and it can make Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, whoever's starting there in, in Pittsburgh, look very good. Um, another rookie who's getting not quite the same amount of buzz as George Pickens, running back Damian Pierce Ooh. of the Houston Texans, mm. a fourth-round pick from Florida, who didn't get a whole lot of opportunities. He was there four years, yeah. never had more than 504 rushing yards yeah. in any one season. But last year, he had 119 total touches and 16 touchdowns yeah. in those 119 touches. So right. this guy's special, and the Texans are seeing it. Here's Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, talking about the fact that they're not concerned about Pierce's lack of a big workload at Florida. 
I think the focus was more so, you know, and this was a decision that uh, Nick Casario and our personnel staff made. Just, you know, you're looking at what players can do. All right, all the, 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 there's a ton of different offenses in college football, and it's, it's hard to, uh, at times, you know, try and predict how, a, you know, a player that plays within a scheme is going to, you know, be able to adjust and adapt to the pro game. But we do know that certain skill sets have a better chance of adapting to our game. So about those skill sets, vision, foot speed, cutting ability, are those things you think he possesses? You said it. You knocked it out the park. Exactly. And that's what we saw uh, the other night. You know, just a guy that can create his own yards, and, uh, and, he, and he's a tough runner. Yeah, look, he's currently third on the depth chart behind Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. But you get <laughs> the vibe from those comments. And Lovey Smith talked about how, you know, it's possible to keep climbing. And, you know, it's, it's – I remember James Robinson a couple of years ago becoming the guy right out of the gates in Jacksonville, and, and he wasn't even drafted. They, they took Pearson round four. They paid him more than his slot required, screwing up the other picks around him in right. round four. They Remember believe that. in this guy. And, yeah. you know, we talk all the time about how you don't have to use a first-round pick on a running back. You can snag a running back later in the draft, and he can become a star. Damian Pierce is a guy to watch, even for a team that has been largely dysfunctional in recent years. And nothing stabilizes a team that is, you know, in a position where it can't fight its way out of a paper bag, like having a guy who can come out and move the chains. And on a consistent basis, regardless of the quality of the blocking, he creates his own yards. That is a special attribute to have, and it can help turn a, a bad team around. He—he's—I uh, mean, he's—he was impressive in college. He was, and, and even you know, he was—I think my number three running back when when we were ranking the running backs, only behind Brees, you know, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. But he's made for the NFL, and and Mike, you know, to, to your point, and you know, we've discussed this before. I, it's a positive that he didn't run the ball that much in Florida. It's great. Good. He's going to be ready to go, raring to go. They didn't wear his butt into the ground, so he's going to have fresh legs and be able to deliver blows here for a few years, unlike some other guys that we've seen, you know, Leonard Fournette's of the world and, and, and some of them who have come into the league like, whoa, they got a lot of wear and tear on their tires already here. So I think that's a positive. He – has some Javante Williams-type ability that we saw kick some butt with the Denver Broncos last year. He's got incredible acceleration, and he's great at making people miss in short areas. And then he's, he's a sledgehammer, Mike. I mean, he's the, one, he's the kind of guy where you go, oh, that's the third, late in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Nobody's going to want to hit this guy. I mean, he brings the pain. And you saw that even in a few of the highlights we showed, and I don't think we showed all his runs, where you know, he, he broke a few tackles getting through the line of scrimmage and that, and you know, he, he's going to bring an attitude to that team. I would be shocked if he's not their guy. When he came on the field, it just looked different. It looked like the game was in fast forward compared to Marlon Mack, who's been injured a little bit the last few years. So, you know, they might start Marlon Mack, but I bet you Damian Pierce is the guy that gets the, what do they say, the lion's share of the, the carries? Yes, well done. I'm on well fire done. today. Woo! Uh, yes, uh, Damian Pierce and Davis Mills, who would have thought it? But, And I'd feel better if they were in the NFC. I still don't think that it's going to make a huge difference for a team that is going to have a hard time competing in the AFC. But but still, there's nothing like having a great young running back that busts onto the scene. And, and, and again, I'm thinking back to two years ago with James Robinson. Not like he made much of a difference at all for the Jaguars. They won week one and then lost 15 in a row. 
But but still, it's something the Texans haven't had for a while, and it can help make a difference. Let's go ahead and take a break. Kyler Murray got to call some plays over this weekend. Also, Aaron Donald was asked if he wants to be a play caller, too. We'll discuss that more on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 